I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, I have my friend Chris Johnson from Simplifilm. We talk about sales and some of the strategies he uses to, you know, develop relationships and connect with people. We also talk a bit about how he keeps things moving forward, the ball, the sales, all that stuff so that he can keep his company thriving because that's a big, big part of it. Now, you're as a uh, general public podcast listener, you're getting a portion of the interview. Uh, you know, two thirds of it, I would say. Uh, if you want to know how to get the rest of it, join me at the end of the interview and I'll explain how you can do that. And also share a special holiday message because this episode, of course, is, is coming out one week before what many people celebrate Christmas. So, uh, but right now we're just going to celebrate the fact that you've got another episode here and a great guest in Chris Johnson. Here we are talking productivity sales and so much more on the Productivity is Podcast. Enjoy. I would like to welcome my friend Chris Johnson to the show. Chris, how you doing? Never better. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Awesome. Now you've got like a lot going on in your life. You always give me the first time we met, we met at the world domination summit year one. Yes. Year like we're pioneers. Although you've not <laughs> gone back. Have you gone every year since? No. Every year, but one I've been to four out of the five, right. I think. Right. You didn't go this so. year, I think. Right. Right, I went last year. No, I went this year. You did go we, this year. We, That's right. We hung out this I year. I know, but you're in Portland anyway, so I mean, okay, I can't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 2012 or 13 that I didn't go. One of those two years. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. I, I, I'd have to think about it. But the, um, I think year two is the year that I missed, right. and I've been to every other one. Right, right. And we were talking about oddly, and this people who listen to the show before know that I've got a mm-hmm. background in comedy. But that's what we talked about. We talked about right. stand up and how you said, oh, you should come down and do a set sometime. And I'm like, and uh, and it was one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm trying to get away from that. <laughs> that, But I didn't yeah. know you well enough to say, well, I'm trying to get away from that. So so you've done stand-up since. Like, I want to get into what we're really here to talk about, which is like sure. sales and being productive and, and sure. how you can combine those two. But let's talk, let's touch, let's let's get a little bit deeper on this. So you've done stand-up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a bad stand-up comedian. And uh, it, I've done a number of open mic sets and I've, I've gone around and, and, uh, you know, I have about 20 minutes of, of polished material when I'm rehearsed, um, which is a lot. If you know the business at all, you know, it's mm-hmm. more than most open mic guys have. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed intermittently enjoyed giving it a crack. Um, and I did it mostly so I can be, become a better presenter. I didn't do it because I had aspirations of going on last comic standing. I, I did it because, 
Um, I went to an open mic night on a date and I thought I was better than all these guys and I figured I'd get up there and give it a shot. Well, one of the things that you're better at than a lot of people out there is sales. You're good at this stuff. And I want to talk a little, we've talked about this before in terms Mm of how you approach, you know, your productivity methodology and what you, what, what you use to kind of uh, help you in terms of just keeping on tab, like keeping tabs with what you've got going on. So why don't you tell people a little bit about, you know, your company, Simple Film, as well, as well as what you, you know, what, one of the, one of the first things that people need to know about, about selling Sure. The first thing you need to know about selling is it's not about your performance in this particular at bat. A lot of people think, oh, you know, you're you're going to be um, winning every at bat if you're a great salesperson, and you can definitely increase your chances in any individual at bat. But what it really is is about winning the day. And if you have enough leads that you're talking to re- people that are interested in you and enough um, ability to present that you can close enough of them, that's winning the day. You don't have to be the strongest in every single area or the best closer. You know, you have to have sort of a basic um, minimum viable ability in all those areas, but you just have to get proficient in every part of sales, which would be prospecting, negotiating, teaching, uh, presenting, and closing. Those are the basic areas of sales. And, and winning the day means that you don't have any place where that it becomes a disaster. You know, And you can automate some of it. You can't automate other parts of it. Um, and I'm not a big fan. The other thing is that I'm not a giant fan of follow-up. And a lot of people in sales say that follow-up is everything. It's not. It's overrated. Wow, can you go first off? Let's let's so simple film because I want yeah. I want to make sure we touch on this because <laughs> when I first saw what you did for mm-hmm. simple film, I saw that two years later, I believe it was at New Media Expo when I was blown away because you showed me I think it was Seth Godin's trailer. I think that's what it was. So tell so tell tell me a little bit about what simple film does as well as I mean when when I say Seth Godin's trailer, let 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 our listeners know a little bit about what I mean by that in particular. So our company does high-end product demo videos and book trailers for uh, startups, Fortune 500 companies, enterprise companies, and, and tech firms. And our, and our difference is, is that we're focused on B2B, um, where you know we, we do business books only. We do businesses that sell to other businesses almost exclusively, uh, not quite exclusively, but but that's 90%, 95% of our output. And, um, and we've been at this for five years, which is longer than almost every uh, video production company uh, has been around. So that's that's the uh, overview of our business. And we've had the great fortune to be referred and recommended to work with people like Brad Feld or Ariana Huffington or um, Seth Godin, as you mentioned, or Robert Greene or uh, Ryan Holiday. I could go on, mm. um, but I think you guys – Mark Echo, I think you guys get the gist um, – over the, the the five years that we've been in business, and you know, we are always pretty busy. We haven't ever had a, a downtime where we don't have any work going on, um, and we've we've hung in there and changed the company. And this year, we kind of remade it in my image as I bought my partner out last fall. So I want to dive back into the idea of, of mm-hmm. the fact that your company has specific areas of focus. Like it's very, sure. it's not super niche, but it's niche enough. Like how important is it for you to have that kind of level of 
intentional focus on this stuff versus say we're a video production company sure early on it's not particularly important um you just need to get work from anybody that that if you're a new business it's not that important when you're established you figure out what's profitable and pleasurable and you 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 always keep you know we have a log of the best of all projects that we've ever done in our history and i made this about four months ago and all of the projects that were pleasurable to do and profitable were in the business to business niche so we decided to um work in this niche 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 uh more uh, intentionally because that's where the fun and money was and i think that's the key is a lot of people they 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 chase the money but they forget about the fun part or the other way around. Or the other or, way around, yeah. Or, you know, one of the things that I'm proud of is that all of the people that we mentioned did paid projects for us, okay? A lot of our competition will be beating down the door to do a video for an author like Seth Godin and will be competing with us for free. They'll be saying, I'll do this for you for free, Seth, just for exposure. And we wouldn't do that because that's not, A, fair to other people. And B, um, it's not fair to our company. And 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 C, there's no need to do it. So we charge everybody under every circumstance to do every piece of work that we ever do, without any exceptions. And we do it because we're reliable. And and so if you're reliable, if your focus is on reliability first, then you'll be able to work with VIPs because that's what they want. You want somebody that's going to get their stuff done for you, and that's what you have to sell them. You know, this will be done. This will be handled. This will cost this much money, and if you want to work with us, great. If not, no worries. Mm-hmm. One of the things I remember when we first started chatting is you, you told me about the board that you had where you had different people that you definitely wanted to target. Do you remember this conversation? Yep. I do, and I still use that board. And, and it's, it's, it's a 10 people, it's a 10, 10, 10 board. There's a whole post over on the Vizzle community uh, about it, but, but the, the, it's 10 people, 10 companies and 10 projects that I want to work with. And I focus my networking efforts as much as is practical on those 10 different things. And the projects would be something like a broadcast TV national spot, which we still haven't done. We've done two TV spots. None of them have gone broadcast national yet. Um, and, and, you know, they've been regional spots or, or cable spots. Uh, we've done a, you know, we've done our work's been on golf channels, CNBC, stuff like that, but never, never has it, has it gone. It's been broadcast as part of an intro. Um, when a, a founder of ours has been, um, put on a TV show, but it, we've never done a broadcast commercial yet. And and that's one of the projects that's on my list of, you know, white whales that I'm chasing uh, at any given time. And, and what that does is it helps you focus all of your efforts on the things you actually want in lieu of randomly taking business. So my networking efforts, for example, I really want to work with Ronda Rousey. Okay. That she's at the top of my list. And so my network my networking efforts are focused on right now on finding people in her space, which is like apparel manufacturers and stuff like that that are a natural mutual fit. Now our focus has changed to B2B so it's a little more difficult than it was, but it's still something that I want to do because, you know, she's a chick that I I like everything about her, her, her image, her attitude, et cetera. And, um, she's one of the folks that are on my list. One of the things I admire about you is your relentlessness, you know, and it's funny cause, cause most people say relent, like they, it gets, for some people that can get tiresome, right? You know, if you're, but you, there's something about the way you go about 
you know, carrying yourself that it's charming. How how do you find? <laughs> how do you? You're the only person that's ever called me charming. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how important is relentlessness to you when it comes to? I mean, not just business, but you know, getting what you want in life in general. Well, you have to be define like you have to define what you want, right? So most people go about the world thinking that it's cool if they can, you know, someday get this thing, and the the and and that's a desire. That's the kind of the the kernel of it. Then you have to deconstruct that desire. So let's say you want to work on a net on a broadcast spot, which I do. How do you get to work on a broadcast spot? Well, usually you get to work with a major brand or a, uh, you know, and, 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 then, and then you would say, which major brands could we work with are in our wheelhouse? Well, there's a bunch of tech brands that are in our wheelhouse. And then are these produced by agencies or not? So you have to plan an extra step. Most people stop at the desire and they put a goal there. What you have to do is plan four or five steps deep into your goal to figure out how it is to accomplish what you want. And right now I'm working on fitness and I'm, you know, I've gone, um, I've changed my diet radically over the last three weeks and I've, I've, I'm doing everything that I can to achieve something in that area, which has been, uh, difficult for me to be honest. You know, I've always been strong and, and athletic. Uh, what I, what I haven't done is controlled my weight and, and now I'm working as hard as can be as hard as I can on that. So how important is it to make sure that when you're looking at all the things that you have going on that you don't spin too many plates at once? Well, here's the thing. Um, some of the most successful people in one area of their lives are also radically successful in other areas of their lives. There is um, – you know, competence translates. If you're good at one thing, then you're like more likely to be good at many other things uh, than if you're bad at one thing. So um, I, I don't, I don't think that most people fall into the other trap where I'm only focusing on one thing. You want to have, you you want to focus your life so that. You improve. You you figure out what you want. You write it down. You know what. You know you want to have better comportment. You want to have better this. You want to you want to be a better public speaker. Whatever it is, and you have to have a have a definition of what success is in every area, and you have to be in pursuit of that, rather than living your life haphazardly, where. You'd like to maybe do this someday, but you don't know, and you'd maybe like to write a book someday, and you'd maybe like to you know, lift some weights sometime. Who knows? You know, you, the more deliberate you are, the better your chances are because then you can focus and exclude the true trivialities that don't ever matter. As you were talking about this, the first thing that came to mind was a post that Gary Vaynerchuk just wrote uh, mm-hmm. as we're recording this on Medium, uh, or it's being shared widely on Medium, uh, about would you rather be a specialist or a jack-of-all-trades? Now, I don't want to spoil it for people, but he, he went with probably more unconventional advice. What would you say? I would say, Mike, I would say 10 times out of 10, you want to be a jack of all trades. Yeah. Or you, It's not even a jack of all trades, man. That's a, I think it's a cliched statement, but I think... Yeah, what, that's what, right. I mean, people that are good in one area are good in other areas. Yeah. If somebody is good at their job, chances are they're going to be good at cleaning their room. Chances are they're going to be good at raising their kids. You know, competence translates, and the more mastery you have in one area, the more effortless performance becomes in that area, and the more time you can spend on, on areas that you're not excelling at so so you know this 
don't get burnt out is crap advice because most people are not operating at capacity. Most people are um, – I mean, look, <laughs> making one phone call in a day is not hustle, right? You, you, you have to do 10 times what – you think is normal if you're trying to achieve something somewhere. And the reason we, we talk about stand-up comedy, the reason that I did it was because I wanted to get, I wanted to feel, feel that fear. You know, I have bombed in a room and people that were there to see comedy did not laugh at my jokes, did not find me attractive, charming, or funny, uh, did not get a single laugh in a three minute set. And that is an eternity, you know, and <laughs> I've been there, and, man. <laughs> right. And, and I'm alive and I'm talking to you and I got, I got kids that love me and I got a business that's growing and none of it matters. It feels like an eternity when you're up there. But now that I can do that, I, I'm like, I had utter failure, you know? Like I didn't get booed off the stage quite, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, far off, you know? It was like, hey, you know, the, the Louis C.K. line, hey guys, we're eating here, you know? Go away. It was kind of like that. Worked out. I'm kind of of the mindset of the same thing where, where and, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, like he, <laughs> he doesn't want you to work too hard on your, like acknowledge your weaknesses it, that doesn't mean don't do anything other than what you're really strong. I just, just acknowledge them. Um, you've got a team that's working with you at Simple Film. I do. How, how do you keep them? Because you've got that vision. You know, you got the ten, ten, ten lineup <laughs> that's going on. How do you keep them kind of aligned with? Because it's your your vision at this point. Sure. Right. So how do you keep them kind of going along with with what you've got in mind for what Simple Film is and what it's going to be? Well, first of all, you can't. You can't dictate it. You have to. You have to guide it. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I can't say uh, simple film is going to be this or it's going to be that. We're going to um, work based on the opportunities that we have. So you, you know, I, I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't know exactly. You know, I, we can steer it point it in a direction and see where it gets. And if there's too much resistance in a particular direction, we can pivot. But, but you can't just say, hey, we're going to be this um, and, and, and make it so by twinkling your nose. It just doesn't work that way. You have to say, hey, this is what we have. This will keep us as a viable business. This is what we're working towards. And you have to be open and honest with everybody on the team about the whole situation, the, the whole picture of the business. If you were to train somebody in sales – like today, like say, well, you and I have talked about this before. You've been, right. you, I mean, you, I've been going to you and saying, "Hey, what, what did I do right here? What did I do wrong here?" And and right. you and you've been, again, relentless. <laughs> in, in, in and again, that's and there, there's an appreciation factor there, obviously, and I want to thank you for that because there's, I mean, there's some stuff that I've talked to you about. I'm like, hey. Uh, what do you think? You're like, nope, wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, good. Uh, elaborate, if you will. <laughs> so tell me, if someone is going to try to, like, they, they come to you and say, hey, I want to become a sale. Like, I want to learn how to sell. Sure. What's the first thing that you're going you're gonna to help them with? Pricing is, uh, communicating pricing is everything, all right? So, for example, you, you are a coach, mm -hmm. and you, and, and, you might say one, at some point in your journey, well, I'm not cheap. And that would be the wrong way to present pricing because you always want to say, you know, for the impact that, that I have, I'm a bargain. And, you know, it's, it's only $2,000 to, to work with me for a month right now. And when you do, you're going to be 25% more effective if you follow my methods. That's a different, that's a different proposition than because, because most sellers don't sell, um, they sell the process, and nobody wants to hire you, Mike Vardy, as a as a coach. 
Nobody wants that. They, they're not doing it for the benefit of hiring you, Mike Vardy. What they're doing is they're trying to get a result, which you deliver an awesome job of. They're trying to become more productive, better uh, suited, better organized. Um, they're trying to have more time with their family. They're, they're, you're an, a means to that end. And most people say, you want a video? Here's what a video costs, and here's what you get with the video. Here's the process that you're going to go through. Nobody cares about that. They want new customers. They want to be able to reduce the sales cycle. They want to be positioned as good as one of their competitors. They want, you know, one of their competitors has a polished video. They don't. They want to get to par. You have to figure out what the person is actually buying early in the process and work with them to sell them that. That's the the, the core of everything. Instead of being centered around your ego and yourself, you wanna center all of your information around what the customer actually wants. When you do that, you can raise your prices to infinity and beyond very quickly because, and you're going to deliver a higher value um, because you're, you're in alignment with your customers which is critical. It's funny. One of the things I've been doing lately as, uh, is um, mm-hmm. when you watch show, TV shows on demand, right? right? you can't fast forward through the commercials. And I was watching some commercials and I watched, you know, that Matthew McConaughey commercial where he's driving the Lincoln Navigator. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, this commercial is not about the car, but it's totally about the car. Like it's it's the feeling that you get. Like I will be like I'll be able to ponder life like Matthew McConaughey. I'll have the freedom to do this kind of thing if I have this right. vehicle. If I have this vehicle, I'll have a an twenty seven hundred square foot bedroom. I will have chiseled abs. I will have t- custom designed. Um, I will have custom designed tuxedos that I put on with cufflinks that I can have close up shots on. I'll have a camera crew following me around. Yeah, uh, which is the same thing that McDonald's promises. In another manner of speaking, because not the chisel abs <laughs> and all that stuff, but it's like if you if you buy our food, you will be happy. Yeah, no, like, uh, like it's it's funny when you watch like now that it's and I find this fascinating now that you can fast forward through commercials, and that's what I was doing. Now I'm watching them a little bit more because you're right. I I've had an issue with with pricing in terms of mm-hmm. you know in my products because I'm like oh well uh, and I was talking to Tim Grawl about this you know who Tim Grawl is right of course yeah so Tim and I were talking about this actually today and he said no one sees your stuff more than you and so you're obviously going to look at it from that lens of I see this all the time whereas this other person out there d- may not even know that you offer products or services mm-hmm. and not only that but they they may not they may perceive you in a completely different way than you perceive yourself because. That you already have that stuff. You already are that productive. You already are that you know whatever it is that you're offering. Right. And so it's it's it takes. I guess I guess one of the things like is how do you step back? How do you remove that ego uh, from the like? How do you say okay, you know what? I'm going to move back and and start to position how I'm doing these things in a way that's going to show people what the value is by removing myself from the equation. Like how, that's a challenging thing to do. Hmm. And 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 it's also where everything it's it's where all of the magic happens because if you are the star, okay, as a coach, as a consultant, as a as a video producer, whatever you sell, you are throttling your client's success. If they are the star, then they won't need increased access because they can be served with products. They won't need increased um, anything because they, they don't have to be 
it, it doesn't they don't have to get their pound of flesh if you will mm-hmm. they, they can if, if they are if you're centered around the client and not yourself then your opportunities for communication are 10 times what they would be otherwise it, 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 and it it seems um, strange but but as a coach the more you take yourself out of the equation the more opportunity for growth you have you know as a consultant as a as a as a service provider of any type really you know it's it's people don't want to learn about you know if you want to have a foundation built on your house they don't want to learn about everything they want to be informed and see that it's going right and they don't want to lecture about how the pro- project is going they just want to know that it's getting handled professionally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so let, let's dive a little bit into the productivity practices now so you, how okay. do you and you don't believe in follow-up but how do you keep track of those people that you've contacted like how do you okay. like like do you like is it something you concern yourself with or is there something that you have in place that allows you to kind of just monitor monitor it so so yeah here's the here's the deal um your goal as a seller is not to avoid a no it's to get to a yes all right and one of the things my coach, Kevin Nations, taught me was that there are two answers in sales. It's a hell yes or a hell no. And a not right now is not a, um, is not a real answer. Okay? So, so the, the, um, the, the, it's, that's a hell no. The absence of, a, of an absolute yes with a credit card number is an absolutely no. And so when you treat things like this and you take a maybe for what it actually is, a no, uh, and replace all of your maybes with yeses, you don't have to follow up to the degree that you used to. Now, I say that follow-up is what bad salespeople do, okay? Because mm-hmm. you're either not qualifying people well enough, so you have to chase them, or you you um, you know haven't, haven't done a good job. We hear all these stories about how, you know, on the 35th time, we finally made a sale. Well, that's because you wasted your time talking to this dude 35 different times and you, you would have been better off talking to somebody else twice right you know you, you hear the old story where the sale doesn't happen until the sixth or seventh time and you know that's cool and you can you can increase your win rate by 20 percent maybe on a year basis if you do that but what you can really do is get better at selling them on the first call and you you do that by focusing on what they need and actually being good enough to have uh, situational fluency to sell that back to them. Now, specifically, what do I do? I focus on my network. Okay, mm-hmm. and that is that is a garden. That is a that is my that is what I tend, and that that produces everything. So, what I have, and this is you know, I, I worked on this and I worked on naming this, and I've done this for years. Is I have three groups. Okay, I have the the fifty two x group. These are people that I make sure I add value to absolutely every week. And these people are half of Simple Films business, which will do seven figures this year um, in revenue, not profit yet, but but the profit will come, we hope, next year. Um, And... And these are the people that we, we work with on a continual basis, and we make sure that we are giving enough to them so there's a reason for them to stay connected to us. And sometimes it's asymmetric. So I have people that give me $100,000 worth of business absolutely every year, and they don't think of me as much as I think of them. And my ego is okay with that because they're giving me all this business, and it's incidental to their – you know their lives three times in a year they'll send me projects that wind up being something big right you know so and you just make sure you're adding value and the ways you can do that are 
if you don't have any money, it's still easy. You can send a good article that's relevant to their interests. You can recommend or send them a book. You can introduce them to somebody else that might buy from them. Those are three easy things you can do. The second group I have is the ADEX group. And this is people that I make sure I talk to eight times a year. Okay, And that's, that's every quarter. And I'll tell you how I manage this in just a second. Um, and that's, that's twice a quarter, about every five or six weeks, I'm in touch with these folks, also adding value using the same methods. Each group, uh, and there'll be about 40 people in this group. The first group, there's only about 12 people in. The third group and the final group is the 2x group, and you guessed it. I'm, I'm talking to these people twice a year. These are people on the fringes of my life and on my network, and I just want to keep something warm and, and have a little friendly reminder. A lot of these people would be online contacts that you never met yet, and you want to uh, – and you can have a couple hundred people, as I do. I think it's 260 right now in this group. So, so And this group produces probably uh, 10% to 15% of my business, but – it's also a place where people can, you know, come from if they want to get promoted into the, you know, 50, 50x group or the uh, 8x group. All right, so it's 2x, 8x, or it's 50x, 8x, and 2x. And in the 50x group, I've got about 10 or 15 people at any given time. In the um, 8x group, 30 to 50 people at any given time. And in the um, uh, 50, uh, sorry, the 2x group, I'll have up to 300 people, and I'll usually delete that when I don't know who they are. If I go through, uh, if I go through and don't recognize somebody's name, I'll just delete them out of my my CRM. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm not looking to get business out of these people. These are folks that are influencers, not um, these are influencers, right? Not um, necessarily, necessarily customers, immediate customers, right. right? But it might be somebody that works at an ad agency that has you know a number of clients. One of the things that happens as you learn your industry, somebody approaches an ad agency about working with them, and they can't take an engagement as small as twenty thousand dollars, which you know for the two videos they want, but we can handle it. Um, and so we get turndowns from ad agencies, and that guy might have had a turndown five weeks ago and doesn't remember it. And if I contact him three times a year or six times a year or eight times a year, or whatever, I'll always be around when he's got that happening. So it's a it's a way of um, Keeping yourself in touch and relevant at all times. Mm-hmm. Does that yep. is that is that clear? Okay, no, it good. makes sense. Makes sense. So, how do you track all this? Sure, um, most CRMs will do it, and um, the one I use right now is Close.io. I also can use Insightly for the bigger groups, and you basically get a list of um, people by communication date. So every day when I wake up, I know that I'm going to talk to 12 influencers. Those are people from the various lists that I have. Okay. 12 past clients, 12 people that are current hot leads and a hot lead is somebody that's qualified and, and seems very likely to get something. Um, 12 engaged leads and then, um, 12 ad agencies. That's the, um, that's the list. And it takes me about two hours to run through my general work through of my stuff. And, and I focus on my past clients more than that's who I do my follow up on because begging a stranger to get me money is less likely to get me money than, working with somebody that has uh, paid me money in the past. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, Chris, let's wrap this thing up. Um, where can people find your work online so that they can reach out to you sure. and become one of those high-paying, quick-paying, <laughs> valuable clients that you're seeking? That, that I run through walls to help, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So so you, you can go to simplifilm.com, S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I-L-M.com. Okay, and you're and, and you're and you're on Twitter too, right? I am genuine Chris on Twitter, um, and then you can find my personal blog, which I update infrequently. But it's cpj.io. Christopher Patrick Johnson is my my given name, and uh, so cpj.io is my my short little blog, and it'll have some of this stuff where you you know the 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 where you can learn about how I'm trying to live my life and how I'm trying to get better in a multitude of areas at the same time. And I appreciate, by the way, the mentions on the, on the blog as well. That's really cool. I'm glad that I've been able... You've influenced me a lot, so I'm glad that I've been able to do that in a oh, small way as well. So, All right, Chris, thanks so much for joining me this week on the show. And everyone else, we will see you uh, next time. Big thanks to Chris for joining me this week on the show. Of course, you can check out all the show notes, links, and everything over at the Productivityist website, Productivityist.com. Just look at the most recent entry. If you're listening to this on the day it's launched, it will be there. If not, just search the podcast category and you'll see it right there as well. Of course, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so. Uh, you know, there is the RSS feed available. You can do all of that right from the blog, as well as you go to we have we're hosting it via Simplecast, so you'll be able to see it there as well. As for the the full meal deal, if you want to get more out of the Productivity Podcast, if you want to hear more of me every single week, then what you want to do is go to patreon.com slash productivityist. You will then become a, a patron as soon as you uh, pledge whatever level of, of monetary support you can from $1 all the way up to 50 even even 100 And what will happen is you'll get bonus episodes every week. You'll get additional materials, a lot of perks, and the full episodes that we do every week. So you'll get all of the content, uh, not not a truncated version of the podcast. So if you want to join me there, as well as the uh, 80 plus other people, there's not a lot, but we have a very, very tight active group, especially in the exclusive Slack community that we're offering. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and join us there. Won't you? Now's the time of year to do it. I mean, you want to level up going into next year. Uh, that That's that's what you want to do is, is you want to be part of a community that's going to help you do that. And, and the Patreon community that we've built for the Productivity Podcast will definitely help you do that. That's it for this week. Until next week, I am your host, Mike Vardy, the founder of Productivityist, productivity strategist, and host of this very show, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. <laughs> 